you guys, you guys, you don't even know. Like this, this is like the best episode we've ever. And like we've got some good episodes, and like I don't know, this is a good one. But but real quick, you guys, if you want to support the show, you go to truesoul.org forward slash donate. We've got different donate options, value for value, all that good stuff. Uh, we hope you're following us over on Rockfin. You know, we just hit five thousand followers over on Rockfin subscribers. Like that's insane. Like there's no way YouTube would ever let us get there. They are just like destroying us. So you guys, or they're just not telling us. Yeah, yeah, exactly, we exactly. We probably have like a million followers on there, but like you know, no, we don't. So anyway, guys, Rockfin.com forward slash Truezilla, if you want to support the show and follow us there, sponsors the show. Cannot forget about our good friends at TruthTRS.com. Yes. TruthTRS.com is just, uh, you know, the feedback that we've been getting has been off the charts, you guys. If you have not started any sort of like heavy metal detox regimen, like a great place to start, just go to TruthTRS.com and read the FAQs, you know, read about like the products. If you have any questions, you can reach out to us. We're learning. We're getting acclimated in that community, you know, and, and it's just nothing but just amazing, amazing health benefits. So TruthTRS.com. All of our family, we, we use it. I use it. it. Our kids yeah. use it. My extended family use yeah. it. My ex-husbands it's, use it's, it. It's like, fascinating, yeah, all of dude. Us. It's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, also got to shout out Cody's Crystals on his Cody. Uh, hope you're having a good day, buddy. At Cody's yeah, underscore Cody. crystals, dude. He's just you know great guy, great friends. Totally, got amazing is a great guy. Little crystals and gems, live streams, man. You guys, at least at the very, very least, go follow him on Instagram. Yeah. Tell him Truezilla sent you. Please. And uh, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. That that'll make that'll make his day, dude. I freaking love what he's doing. Yeah, you know, I absolutely. love this this community that we've been that we found the little gem and rock enthusiast, man. I just am so stoked. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, at Cody's underscore crystals on Instagram. Go go give him some love. And uh, just one more thing for, yes, for yes, the, yes, yes. the local listeners. Yes. And uh that uh you know, I'm a part of a new group uh called Smiles in Schools. They yep. have an Instagram, you can follow them at, at, at Smiles in Schools. Um they also have a telegram chat, but uh, I would say find them on Instagram first. But anyways, it's just a group of parents that are trying to to get the schools around here. To, to remove the mask mandates for in school. And it's, it's they're looking at different ways. They're looking at, uh, you know, going to the, the PTA meetings in, in large groups and just like having our voices heard. The thing is we need to have our voices heard. It's a group about getting our voice heard. And I, I've said, you know, I want to attack it on every front, mm -hmm. you know, and, and mm -hmm. the one's hand, if, if, uh, if they're not going to listen to us then we're just going to do our own schools, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're going to work, whatever that looks like if we're homeschooling, whatever, but they're going to lose our students. Right. And yeah. that's going to affect their bottom line. So, you yeah. know, but at, at, at the same time, I want to attack them on all fronts. I want to, I want to let the PTA know, you know, I want the teachers to know, I want the, the superintendents to know, I want them to know that. And I believe there's so many more of us. That, that are not being loud enough, right? right? So this is a way to get involved and make your voice heard. You owe it to your children. You yeah. know it's it's wrong. It is right. wrong to put that mask on your child. It yeah. is it is wrong for every parent who does it. It is wrong for the school to require it. So yes. you need to make your voice heard. So uh, it's a please get you know find this group if you don't have if you're not from the area make this group in your area. Yeah. You know there you go. Awesome. Yep. Perfect. Uh, I do want to give another shout out truthzilla.org forward slash shirts. Get yourself a nice Truthzilla t-shirt. And just one more quick shout out, guys. If you could just go on iTunes and rate it five stars, like, share, subscribe, all that fun stuff like the kids say, that'd be greatly appreciated. Thank you very much. Enjoy the show. Bam.
Welcome to Truthzilla. I am Megan sitting here with Scott and Ed. Hello. Our guest tonight is Dr. Henry Ely, the founder and executive community director for the Energetic Health Institute. He holds a doctorate in naturopathic medicine, a bachelor of science in mechanical engineering, and is board certified in holistic nutrition. He is an ordained minister and was the first naturopathic doctor to regularly teach at a major university. He has recently helped author a massive paper exposing the willful misconduct of the COVID deception. Dr. Ely, welcome to the show. All right, what's happening, y'all? It's so good to be here. I wish it was under better circumstances always, but thanks for having me. Absolutely, yeah. Thank you so much for showing up. And you know, you say under better circumstances, but you know, you were one of the people, I mean, I got to see you speak in Salem um, at the vigil, uh, you know, a couple months back, probably about a month ago. But anyways, the, I kind of shifted my thinking around this in part due to you, and I think Kevin Jenkins also helped as well. But just uh, the, what a privilege it is for us to be standing up against tyranny in these times, right? Like mm -hmm. they, they we're on, we're going to be on the right side of history, you know. And mm -hmm. and I think that there's uh, there's something, you know, when you when you flip your perspective, you know, you, you can really. Uh, I'm fighting for my children, man. Yeah. Like that's what this is about, Amen. you know. Amen. Yeah. Right. That's that's how I feel. We're fighting for our children, for everyone's children. We're all we're all in this together. This is going to be uh, this is a horrible set of circumstances that was thrust upon us. But I think the thing is, uh, we didn't know um, how good we could be, and that's why they could never assess just how dangerous we are to them in their narr their narrative. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm I'm really honored to work with freedom protectors all over the world and uh, to make sure that we're, uh, we are on the right side of history. We're doing the right thing for the right reasons. And uh, if that's gonna be vilified, then let's get it on. That's mm -hmm. right, that's Absolutely. right. If that's gonna burn bridges, here's my matchbook. There you go, there you go, there you go. So, so I guess, uh, you know, just to kind of take us back, you know, I mean, you have done a lot of work yeah. on this fight since yeah. COVID has started. And you, uh, I mean, your paper is incredible. And uh, I think you quoted there's over 20,000 hours of, of uh, <laughs> people that have been documenting what's been going on to, to come up with this paper, the willful misconduct paper. Could you kind of tell us a little bit about, you know, how you started in this in this fight, for lack of a better word, and just and, uh, you know, just your journey? Well, you know, it, it, years ago, uh, we started seeing, you know, I'm talking like two, two decades ago, we started seeing that the medical landscape was really um, morphing uh, away from something that was about do no harm and into an attempt at total control. Uh, we saw them like in 2009 um, changing the definition for what constituted a pandemic so they could fall back on, well, because we say it's a pandemic, right? And not having a strict statistical definition, we saw the pushes in California and other states for uh, mandatory um, vaccination. Um, uh, my school, Energetic Health Institute, has been one of the first schools to um, put together a dedicated course on vaccine education that's based exclusively on FDA, H, uh, Health and Human Services, and CDC data and information. So the truth is hiding in plain sight, and we've known this for years. So we put this whole course together. We actually have one starting again in, in August because we had a demand from moms who were saying, I don't trust what's going on. These doctors are bullying me into doing something that I don't want to do. And I have, and, and every mom that I've spoken with knows somebody who has a child who's been severely injured by the vaccines. And it's like, 
how can we mandate something uh, on a child, no less, that um, hasn't gone through proper studies, hasn't gone through proper testing in terms of cross-reactivity when you start looking at the whole schedule. The whole schedule's never been evaluated for safety. They just keep adding more shots to it. So this was very alarming to us. And as a new dad way back when, you know, you start asking yourself these questions, you know, well, do, should I get the shot? Should, should I get the shot for my child? And of course, what do they bring to you? Fear. If you don't get this, your kid is going to die. Really? My kid is going to die out of the womb from hepatitis B, something that can only be contracted from, you know, drug needle users or sexual activity. Are you kidding me? You know, this is ridiculous. You're, you're, you're trying to indoctrinate me into fear. And when you start smelling that, it's important for us who don't live our lives in fear to start asking very hard questions. And when you start asking those hard questions, it starts pissing people off and you start going, well, wait a minute, why are you getting mad if I'm just asking a question? Why don't you show me the data? Why don't you prove what you're saying? And what we started seeing was they, they weren't proving what they were saying. So me being the proud nerd I am said, let me go and do some diving. Let's, you know, I've, I've been into deep research my entire life. Let's go see. And what I found was stomach churning. You know, you start seeing the stories of, of little Holly Stavola, for example, who's confirmed by the vaccine compensation, uh, um, injury compensation program, um, that she was killed by a vaccine. Right. And her mother, uh, Robin Stavola, who's a friend of mine, launched this wonderful campaign to get not only raise awareness, but create change. And it was amazing to her in her journey and her fight, how much resistance she got along the way from people who said they wanted to help. But really, they wanted to help make sure that the corporate bottom line was maintained. Mm -hmm. And that starts getting very concerning for me because we're seeing such an incredible redistribution of income to this higher level. How many new billionaires have come out of the mm -hmm. Moderna yeah. and Pfizer groups and stuff like right? And so what what I what I'm getting at is something isn't right. It's not passing the whiff test, you know, the smell test. It's not passing that. So what we started doing and we we knew this was coming. Right. We, we you could if you're watching for the last couple of decades, you could see the trajectory that we're on. So um, when on March 12th, I said, oh, my God, I think they just pushed the go button because we had seen the previous year in October event 201 at Johns Hopkins University sponsored by Gavi and the World Economic Forum and the Bill and Linda Gates Foundation, all these the usual suspects. Oh, it's always the same people. Right. And so we saw them doing this, this war game exercise to test out all of their software and see if it would work. And then we saw the Imperial uh, College of London, the same guy that talked to us about mad cow disease and was proven wrong and all Neil that other Ferguson. stuff. Bert, Neil Ferguson. We yeah. see him publishing this ridiculous thing, 2.2 million people in it are going to die. You know, and then you see the IHME group out of University of Washington saying that all these people are going to die and everything. And then you start following the money and you see that, well, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation funded the IHME group uh, in, at Washington University to the tune of uh, $384 million of seed money. And you start going, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense. And then you start looking at all the individual state health departments. They're all run by Microsoft. All the, all the stat collection and data collection is published by Microsoft. And so you start going, okay, this, is, this really sucks. You know? So I said, on March 12, 2020, I said, I, I got to be in this fight. Now they just pushed the go button, I think. I got to make sure if there's ever going to be a fight that's worth being in, this is the fight. 
right? So I like a good fight, like everybody else, right? So let's get in and let's start looking at the data and let's start looking at things objectively. So I started going to every single state health department every single day and tracking all the data to make sure it was syncing up with what the CDC was publishing. And guess what we found? Major anomalies in New York State, major anomalies in Puerto Rico, right? These are these little places where they were hiding things, right? It's unconscionable to me that these, the uh, New York State Department of Health could publish the number of deaths uh, related to COVID and that the CDC could then inflate them by over 8,500 deaths, right? How can, this is basic math. Come on, there's PhDs in the room, right? You should be able to add one plus one to get two. And they weren't doing that. So we started showing this in public service announcements and and then we started hearing all these crazy things coming about asymptomatic transmission and everything so i felt like it was my duty to you know say listen we have an obligation here to challenge the narrative to ask questions we have a right to do that you know even if it's unpopular and let's start challenging what's going on well as this goes on what we're, we we started to do some me and some friends started getting together you know we said hey we always wanted to work on a project right so we worked on the biggest project in world history and human history <laughs> mm -hmm. so why not so we started publishing some papers and we started the uh, children's health defense published i think three of our first papers on this and then something happened last summer one of my we were researching for our fourth paper and you know we thought we would you know we were going to just do our little part for this right and one of my colleagues found uh, some information on the Information Quality Act, the Paperwork Reduction Act, and then later one of the attorneys that reviewed the paper found, uh, were, uh, found uh, some stuff on the Administrative Procedures Act. Now, these are very serious federal laws, okay? We went and did a deep dive as a team into the Federal Register to see if the CDC had followed the explicit rules to make sure that there can be no corruption around data and manipulation of data and things like that. They didn't. In short, they did not give the public the opportunity for public comment on rule changes for death certificates. And when we found this, we dug in even deeper and we went back to the March, 20, uh, March 24th, 2020 COVID alert number two that substantially changed how death certificate reporting is done. What they did in a nutshell is they, without any public comment, without notifying oversight at the federal level, this is a violation of the, of the Administrative Procedures Act, the Paperwork Reduction Act, and the, uh, 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 excuse me, and the Information Quality Act. What they did was they said, we're gonna change how death certificates reporting, but not for everything, just for COVID. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna take every single person who has comorbidities and we're gonna de-emphasize those and put those in part two and make part one only COVID. And they did it. And, to and so then you started hearing, if you remember in 2020, some people were having an issue with that, like Senator Scott Jensen yeah. and people were having issue, right? Well, what they did to ensure compliance across the country was they said, we're gonna incentivize this corruption. We're going to give a 20% pay bump on Medicare for anybody that goes along with it, right? So completely unethical. Now what you're getting is hospitals who have been shut down by and large. So they're worried about keeping their doors open, right? Saying, yes, give us anything you got. It's going to be called COVID, right? Now they get this call. And now what do you start seeing with the death count? Starts inflating, 
starts going up, starts going up, starts going up, right? So they got everybody on board with that. Now, fast forward to today, in Los An- in uh, California, two of the largest counties, Santa Clara County and Alameda County, um, did a soft audit of death certificates, meaning they said, let's get out the the counts that were just obviously not COVID, like gunshots, car accidents. And what they found on their records was a 25 and then 22% overcount inflation of death certificates. That's the result of the CDC breaking the federal laws, right? Then you go to the CDC and the CDC shows you something on their provisional counts. They won't advertise this, right? You'll never see a press briefing on something like this. On average, over 94% of death certificates had 4.0 comorbidities on average. What that means is that COVID wasn't the cause of those deaths in all likelihood. Now we have, we need a full audit to make a declarative statement. But what that tells us is that as many as not, as much as 94% of the death certificates can be wrong. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. That is a ridiculous inflation. 22% is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. 94% is malfeasance. Yes. Absolutely. 94% is willful misconduct so that you can push forward an agenda, the agenda being mass vaccinations, a needle in every arm, and especially a needle in every arm, just like we do with computers. Imagine needing a new update Mm -hmm. to your immune system every week, right? This is what they are attempting to do. They see us as profit center computers and not living sovereign beings. And that's the fight that we have in front of us right now. So startling. You know, I remember earlier on in this whole fiasco, like when the CDC, when it first came to light about the whole uh, comorbidity thing, you know, it said directly on their website, right? It was like 6% with 2.6 comorbidities. And I remember that Mm -hmm. stuck out Mm -hmm. in my mind. And so fairly recently, I went back to go search again, like through the CDC website. And I was specifically in quotation searching for 2.6, remembering that that was the comorbidity number. And I was like, I couldn't find it anywhere. It was driving me crazy. Eventually, I did stumble across it, and I realized, oh, my God, they'd upped it to four average comorbidities. I'm like, oh, my God. So, it's, it's, yeah. yeah, as the more data came in, like, it's even more egregious than originally mm-hmm. thought. Like, it's mm-hmm. just it's just startling. So, man, there's so much to get into. Yeah, I, one question I have, and I, I've heard you in, in other discussions break down asymptomatic spread, which is, the, I think, really the foundation that they use to, to – put people in fear right Mm -hmm. everyone around you could could be infected even though they don't know it right and Mm -hmm. um and there's been some studies that have really debunked that could you go into that a little bit for us absolutely first first of all it was a it was a theory that because um tony fauci said it it became gospel (laughs) and one of the things that we have to do in science is really separate evidence-based empirical data from belief Science is not a belief system. Science is something that's reproducible and verifiable. So whenever you hear people talking, especially at that level about, I believe this, I think this, anything that they say after it is garbage, throw it out. The response has to be prove what you just said. Uh, Tony Fauci came out last and I, I refuse to call him doctor anymore mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. because doctor comes from the Latin root dociere, which means to teach. Mm. Okay. He's not a teacher. All right. So when he said 99.2% of all deaths are among the unvaccinated, that's a bold face lie. It's a bold face lie for two reasons. The only country appropriately tracking a statistic like that is the United Kingdom, where they have shown that 47% of all new cases 
are fully vaccinated. Okay, so you can't have that big of a disparity. The, the Atlantic Ocean does not create that big of a disparity country yeah. to country. That's impossible, statistically impossible. Number two, which you have to keep in mind is there is no tracking going on right now for how many people um, are fully vaccinated still contracted. This, this stopped in this country on April 30th. On April 30th, the CDC specifically said, we are no longer going to track cases of mm -hmm. what they call breakthrough, what we know to be vaccine failure. And I don't call it a vaccine, it's inoculation right. failure, okay? Right. Means it failed to protect, it failed to prevent the infection, okay? So um, that stops on April 30th. What the CDC does, and this is on their website, they say, you know what, if you wanna, if you've been fully vaccinated, all you have to do, and you still contract COVID, you cannot submit a sample unless the cycle threshold value of the PCR test was lower than 28. So they're already admitting that their cycle threshold values are too high at 40, which we've known since early last year. Then they went further and said, you cannot submit a sample for evaluation unless the person is hospitalized or dies. So that means we're not going to track cases anymore we're just going to track hospitalizations and deaths associated with vaccine failure to make it even worse. All right. What they did was they will not publish how many samples have been submitted. Mm -hmm. So let's say that 50 people broke through, right? Whatever mm -hmm. vaccine failure, right? If it's out of 100 samples, that means that 50% of the time this isn't working, but they're not sharing that data of how many samples they're evaluating. Okay, they won't even share it with a, a freedom of information requests wow. from elected officials. Okay, you can't get that data. So there's no way to analyze it. So now let's back up into asymptomatic transmission and what Tony Fauci said. So April, May last year, there's this big debate going on. Should you mask or should you not? What was what's the common thought? I'm not going to mask. I'm healthy. Yeah. Right. I'm not exhibiting any symptoms. So how do you get people to change their mind on that. Well, you could boogeyman, boogeyman, you could transmit this to your grandma and you could kill your grandma. First of all, that's not the way infection works. Infection works based upon exposure and susceptibility. Mm -hmm. You are not responsible for killing somebody because you were sick and you wiped your nose and grabbed a door handle. That's preposterous. Okay, that's preposterous. So when Joe Biden comes out and says that the disinformation doesn't, right? What a clever name. When he says the diff, they're responsible for killing Americans. No, who's responsible for killing Americans? People who willingly withheld mm -hmm. treatments, mm -hmm. safe yes. and effective treatments from people in need. Ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, vitamin D, vitamin C. We've known these from point blank range from the moment this started that we had a safe and effective treatments. I've been banging this drum for over mm -hmm. a year and these, ent these entities have not been on board with getting, that's dereliction of duty, that's malfeasance, that's willful misconduct, and you are guilty of killing. Anybody who censored any of these doctors mm -hmm. who are trying to get this information out, YouTube censored Dr. Chang out of Wuhan early on who was talking about intravenous vitamin C and its effectiveness. He had a case of 50 moderate to severe uh, uh, COVID positive patients. He gave them intravenous vitamin C. Guess how many recovered? All, All of them. Wow. 50. Yeah. 
right? And yeah. he put that on on YouTube and his video was censored, all yeah. right? So when we talk about this, folks, and we get into something like asymptomatic transmission, the first thing you have to understand is it's a theory and it's a flawed theory. And here's why. In order for um, a person to be infectious, they have to produce something called replication competent virus. This is something you've heard come out of Tony Fauci's mouth over and over again, replication competent virus. That means when you sneeze, achoo, that, though, that booger had some virus in it that could then replicate and get into somebody else, right? That's, it makes sense, simple stuff, right? That's why symptoms are so important. But what he wants you to believe is that you don't have to do anything. You could be feeling totally fine. Not a fever, not a sneeze, not a chill, not a cough, nothing. And you can get somebody else sick. That's not the way it works. Right. Okay. Right. Because those people who aren't exhibiting symptoms are not producing replication competent virus. So how do we test for this? We test for this by drawing blood. Number one, this is the thing, big thing that's been missing. We test for it. We want to see if there are any antibodies present. We want to see if there's a viral load present. This is the way it's always been done for the last three, four, five decades throughout the world. You draw the blood. If there's virus in the blood, guess what? You're infectious. If you have antibodies against something, especially early stage antibodies, IgM antibodies, you're infectious. Okay? Simple. It's not rocket science. This is easy stuff. So nobody's ever studied this until November of last year. Mm. November of last year in the Wuhan, the Chinese forced almost 10 million people to be tested for not just PCR, that little nasal thing, right? But also antibodies and replication competent virus. Mm. They even went so far as to try and culture that replication competent virus in a Petri dish to confirm that the person who they say is asymptomatic, it really means they're non-symptomatic because mm -hmm. they're not sick. Yeah. But that person that's <laughs> asymptomatic has enough virus that they could transmit to another person. Okay? So far, so good? Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. 10 million people, almost 10 million, 9.8 million people were tested. Okay? Went through all of these truly scientific methods for determining how many people are truly asymptomatic. Scott, Ed, Megan, take a guess. How many people were asymptomatic transmitters? Damn, take a I wild guess. I know the answer. I should know this. I it's, should know this off the top of my head, but yes. 300. Uh, but, then, but then, but they took the 300. Right. There were 300 that they identified. Now, let's first, let's, let's talk about this for a second. Okay. 9.8 <laughs> million people are tested. 9.8 million people are tested. They find maybe 300. Now, as people say, well, that's China. We can't trust their data. Mm. I agree, but here's the rub. It was peer-reviewed and it was published in an American journal. Wow. Yes. Okay? So if you're going to call China on the carpet for their fraudulent data, then you better call America on the carpet for their fraudulent science and these journals that are pay for play now like nature. That's okay? what we do all day long. Well, yeah. so don't, <laughs> don't play that game with me, right? Yeah. Right. 9.8 million people tested. They found how many? How many? Possibly 300. Oh my goodness. So what it, the only true thing that Tony Fauci, I've heard him say ever in his career, is that asymptomatic transmitters are not a driver of the infected mm -hmm. spread. I remember that. True, right? Now, 
they went further though on the testing. They said, you know what, let's make sure that these people actually are asymptomatic transmitters. Let's take their nasal samples. Let's put them in a Petri dish and try to create replication competent virus. Prove that those people could get somebody else sick if the other person was susceptible, okay? <laughs> now, out of those 300, how many of them were produced replication competent virus? Ed. Megan? Megan, Megan, take a guess. Zero. Take a... Ding, ding, <laughs> ding, ding. <laughs> Zero, not one, which means they definitively prove that asymptomatic transmission is not a thing. Mm. That's yes. why the Chinese people looked freer than us all last summer, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all last fall, because they were actually following some semblance of scientific method and then trusting the data that they found. Wow. Instead of a false prophet like Tony Fauci. Wow. And yeah, I remember false when the prophet. So true. Oh, man. Sorry. <laughs> the World Health Organization. Remember when the, the woman screwed up and she she actually said that, you know, oh, yeah. That yeah, yeah. asymptomatic spread really isn't driving it. And then like the next day they had to come around <laughs> yeah. and apologize and like yeah. try to cover it up. Yeah. They threatened to murder her whole family. And they just said, <laughs> oh, well, but I think maybe, maybe. <laughs> no, they, they didn't threaten to murder, murder yeah. her whole family. They threatened <laughs> for her to commit. She was going oh, to commit yeah. suicide. That's Probably. it. She was oh, going to yeah. sue herself. Self. She was going to suicide herself. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Man. Yeah. Well, <sighs> right. I, I think so that's asymptomatic. Did I answer your question? Yeah, yes. dude, oh, yeah. Love I it. Love it. So here, what about, what about, so here's another, here's another one. So I've heard other people like say like the whole asymptomatic Don't thing. cough too much, Megan. They yeah, might, Megan. they might take you away. <laughs> I, know, yeah, exactly. I know, I know. Exactly. Blood test, please. Yeah, yes, yes. Um, and so then I've also heard the idea of pre-symptomatic. Isn't that just a healthy person? Or is that a different clinical? Yeah. Pre-symptomatic. I've heard that one float around too. So, so when we started crushing this notion of asymptomatic transmission, they said, ah, oh, 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 well, maybe it's, it's just pre-symptomatic, meaning that the person actually was infected and they were in what's called an incubation period, uh -huh. right? What they didn't tell everyone is that the first sign of uh, infection, like we've all, we've all been sick, right? Yeah. How many of us, when do you know you're sick? Because you have some symptoms, symptoms like yeah. oh, something doesn't feel right. I'm feel that's the first sign that the infection has taken hold within the cell structures of your body. And now maybe one of those cells that was infected ruptures and all the little viral particles start running over the system, right? You're not infectious until you start to produce symptoms. This mm -hmm. is why in medicine we've always done something. We won't test people unless they have symptoms right because the symptom is the sign that you're potentially infectious right. okay so to say someone is pre-infectious is like saying somebody it's like telling a guy that he has pre-menopause right? right technically totally. it's a true statement Love it. even go. though it's not possible for him to go through menopause right, right. it's right. ridiculous so okay. Um, so what they did is they come up with another thing. This is obfuscation at this yep. point, pre-symptomatic. We got to freak people out more. Why? Because we need to make sure that people aren't getting pissed that we're putting masks on their kids mm -hmm. for no reason. Totally. Mm -hmm. Totally. All right. 
And that's really what it comes down to. So you ask them, you ask a Tony Fauci, where's the randomized controlled trials that show that six feet is the magic number for distancing? <laughs> yep. They don't exist. Wait a minute. Let me get this straight. You, you took $33 billion plus of American taxpayer money and you didn't check to make sure that's the right distance. What if the right distance is seven? Mm -hmm. What if it's 5.5? Where's the study? They don't have it. It was mm -hmm. just because we said so. Then you go into masking. Mm -hmm. I love this one. Yes. You go into masking and you read the CDC Europe. They did a detailed report that came out in February of this year. CDC Europe. God. Can't, this, you can't make this stuff up, right? It said there was, quote unquote, limited evidence to support and substantiate masking. And there was scant scientific evidence. And that at best, masking the healthy population reduced infective spread by 1.2%. That is the potential gain of benefit mm -hmm. of masking a healthy populace. 1.2% if you are being as liberal as you can with the data that doesn't exist. Yeah, but the headline <laughs> said that that means masks are effective. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, that's the study proves masks are effective. 1.2% yep. yeah, of people yeah, don't yeah. get this. How could you figure that out? That Tell me. What's the design of a study that would be able to figure out 1.2%? It's nothing. It's, it's the same. Have you all heard the term Pseudologica Fantastica? Ooh, that's a good one. That's probably the episode title right there. Right. Pseudologica <laughs> Fantastica. It means when a person starts believing their own lies. Mm. That's what we can call somebody like Tony Fauci. He is medically incompetent due to Pseudologica Fantastica. He's lied so early, so often that now he is forced to believe his own lies. And that's what you see in the exchange with Senator Rand Paul yeah. yesterday. Yeah, I saw that. He's, that's intense. He's, yeah. he's, he's corrupt in his spirit is the thing. And, he and doesn't some, have a spirit. Well, that, that, that's it. That's it. And, and he's hollow. And so at some point you just fill it with all the lies and all the darkness and all of the, the corruption. And that's you know, the sieve inside is just sucking it up and he, you just, he, he'll never crawl away from it, but well, it's, it's blatant. It's blatant, but here, here's the rub, you know, and I, and I totally agree with you, Megan, right? This is a person that has overstayed his welcome. And this is why it's so important for us as Americans to demand mandatory retirement age for all appointed officials mm. and mandatory term limits for all positions of governance. That this is what this is what happens when you get an entrenched bureaucrat. This was the same thing that was the fall. The fall of the of the Chinese dynasties wasn't because of the monarchs. The fall of the Chinese dynasties was because of the transference of the eunuchs, the people that really ran the country. They were they they seemed to survive regime change all the time, right? And when you survive regime change, what goes on is you uh, essentially. You keep the old ideas that didn't work with the last regime and you bring them over. But of course, you bring them over with your own self-interest, your own selfish interests. And that's where you can point to Tony Fauci and start asking him questions about why is the NIH in bed with Moderna? Why are they jointly invested in this? Isn't that a financial conflict of interest? Seems like one to me. And Tony Fauci, how much are you making off of all of this because you're exactly. making a mint let's not kid ourselves yeah. right that's why people stay in there but we're not you, you see it in our media they're not asking the right questions right they're just taking what he says as gospel i watched an exchange between tony fauci and some um some 
Muppet talking head last week where they were like, um, so so should uh, all children three and older be masked due to this new Delta variant, right? And he was like, the, the data is very clear on this. It's absolutely true. They should. And you're just looking at this guy mm-hmm. and you're like, what data are you talking about? I peruse the CDC site all the time. The data doesn't exist because there's yeah. no randomized controlled clinical trials on on masking or anything like that. And, you know, you want to hear something crazy, folks? Of course. Hear something crazy? Yes. Okay. This isn't coming. This, I haven't brought this out yet. We're going to be bringing this out in the next couple of weeks. But um, on a typical week in the United States, PCR testing, which again is set at that cycle threshold of 40, mm-hmm. which encourages false positives like yep. crazy, right? Yep. Um, is set at 40 for the cycle threshold. Now, what's crazy about this is we're confirming roughly about 850,000 to 900,000 um, new cases every month, somewhere in there still, which is ridiculous, okay? Guess how many of those samples the CDC or public health labs will test to check for the Delta variant? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. States have to submit a minimum of 300 samples for additional sequencing to see if it's a Delta variant over a four-week period, right? They're out of 900, 850 to 900,000 positives. They're basically taking a sample of about 15,000 of those mm. and then doing a terrible job of sequencing because they're not using Sanger sequencing, which should be used to get an exact, you know, look at it. And then they are waiting it and they're very open about this on their webpage. They wait the results so that then they can extrapolate them, guesstimate them mm. to what percentage of that 900,000 had the Delta variant. And what we've seen in the last two weeks is this process go from roughly 30% of Americans are exposed to the Delta variant or the new cases are Delta variant all the way up to now over uh, almost 60% is what they're saying. And it's just, again, mathematical fantasy land. That's all it's based upon. It's not based upon science. It's not based upon evidence. It's based upon guesswork on small sample sizes relative to the whole sample size. Man, I think we've all known that it's all yeah. it's all smoke and mirrors. It's yep. pulling, pulling it's fraud. Literal in a fraud. world of illusion. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's the only way that we're in this position right now, and the only way this narrative has been able to go as far and as long and as uh, you know insane as it's been is just literally because of fraud, willful mm-hmm. misconduct, and censorship. That is it. Yes. If none of those pieces were in place, like this would just fall flat on its face. Like we would just like debate. Like, is there such thing as a debate with any of these folks? Like, can we have a no. public forum debate? Dr. Ely, someone like you on a platform debating someone like Tony Fauci, it would just be a, it'd be a mad, it'd be, it'd be insane. Even, even Rand Paul to a certain extent, I feel like that is even kind of controlled to a little bit. Why are you going in hard on this stuff? You know? Right. Yeah. We, we, I would, I would love to talk to um, the folks that put on uh, the uh, pay-per-views, right? Yes. For the, for the, for the MMA, <laughs> yes. right? Get Joe Rogan in and in, in there yes. as the moderator, right? And just be like, look, Tony Fauci, here you go. Here's the gauntlet. You don't want to debate me. That's fine. I'm nobody, right? Yeah. How about uh, Dr. Peter McCullough? There you go. Exactly. How about, how about Dr. Lee Merritt? Yeah. How about we, we bring some of these big hitters, Harvey Reich, how about we bring some of these big hitters up and say, why don't you debate them on it? Pierre, uh, Pierre Corey, how about you debate them? You know, these people that we've seen giving Senate testimony. Why don't you debate them 
Why don't we put it on for pay-per-view? Mm -hmm. Why don't we let the pay-per-view pay for all the families who are getting left behind that are injured post-inoculation, right? So all of it goes 100% to charity. And why don't we let Tony Fauci actually knock every doubter out to prove that he mm-hmm. is the number one mm-hmm. scientific champion in the world, right? Why not? Yep. We love sports. Let's 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 turn this into sports and have some fun with it for good, right? Exactly. Or even all the proceeds donated to like uh, COVID survivors, right? And it'll be like, right. oh wait, wait. So you don't care about COVID survivors? What's going on here? Right. right? You know, know, we've made that proclamation on the show here before. I will debate. We will debate you. You bring your yeah. science, and we'll bring ours, and we'll have a right. nice little conversation. You know, yes. any day of the week. You know? But then we get blocked. But then we get blocked and censored. Yes, <laughs> yeah, and we get, right. then we get our video taken down. Yeah, we we've been we've been censored quite a few times. Uh, I was I was actually um, my father is a professor of of uh, black history, right? So I, I'm raised on this stuff uh, yeah. my whole life. I love it. You know, my yeah. my heroes are are the Frederick Douglasses mm-hmm. and the Nat Turners and and Harriet Tubman's of the world and everything, right? And George Washington Carver's. I just, I love, our our history is so rich in in so many different cultural aspects, right? And I love it. And uh, I was doing a a talk with Kevin Jenkins Mm -hmm. on medical racism, a documentary that he put together, right? We're very familiar. We're talking about medical racism. And in mid um, mid, uh, discussion, it was four doctors, four black doctors talking, uh, YouTube deplatformed us. Yep. Wow. That <laughs> sounds about right. Yep. Yep. We, we, we've, we've had a similar experience, you know, exactly. Right before going live on a heavily advertised, you know, sure to be very controversial discussion. It's just crazy. It's crazy. And it's funny. All those people you mentioned just now would be the ones being censored nowadays. You know what I mean? It's so yeah. crazy. It's so crazy. Yeah. Um, so with, with the talk of Delta, I mean, I, I think, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, my theory is, and I'll, I'll get your feedback on this though, is that like they're just they're leaving Delta there for when they have enough of us vaccinated so they can say, oh, look, now you need to get your booster. Mm. Right. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, yes. Yeah. How many how many letters are there in the Greek alphabet? Because that's how many boosters you got on, on deck. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. Yep. Right? And, then, and then they'll make up another one. They'll just start calling them hurricanes afterwards. They'll jump into yep. like the, the lady. <laughs> You know, variant, variant Megan yep. is up next. Uh, the Megan variant. <laughs> She's blowing in. Get your, uh, get your booster. Okay, yep. I'm, I'm fearful Hey, what's now. in that shot? Yeah. Oh, oh, we don't have to tell you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Dude. I, I think uh, this would be a great time. I think we should talk about now the the, the disaster that has been the, the these vaccines is what, or what we've Whatever you want to call what it, you right? inoculation, gene therapy. Gene therapy. I think there's a yeah. lot of data that show that, I mean, this has been the most disastrous uh, medical intervention ever in our history. Sure. Let me let me pull up some some recent stats that we we, we analyze this data on a weekly basis. Um, it's something I've been doing since January. I'm going to be really clear with everyone mm-hmm. on, on this broadcast. Um, I have been calling for a termination of this um, this gene therapy program, biologic program, inoculation program since um, January, since it first came out, because we were able to see very early on the impact in just a small subset of our, our senior population, and particularly our seniors who were being forced to get this in the, um, in the senior assisted living centers that they were getting. They were basically just wipe, walking in and wiping people out, yeah. okay? Um, so let me let me just read off some data. This all comes from the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System. Understand uh, to your audience, this is the only surveillance system we have in this country. Mm-hmm. Uh, also understand that under EUA, 
mm -hmm. emergency use authorization, all healthcare providers are required by law to report to it. And over 83% of the records that have been published have come directly from healthcare providers, according to Dr. Peter Mercola, uh, who has also looked at the CMS background of this. I will trust what that man says yep. because he is a man of integrity and what he says he always backs up. So anybody saying that you can't trust Veris data, including Facebook, who likes to put that on every totally. single post I put out, get out of my face. So that's you a new one. So that's a new one. I just really want to zero in on that because that's a really good point that I didn't realize. So so I think historically Veris has been uh, you know voluntary reported or it hasn't been mandated mandated for agencies, but under, under emergency use authorization, you're saying that it is required to report. It is, under, it is mandated okay. and it's very clearly wow. stated okay. on there. So when people say yeah. um, there, you know, we had the Pilgrim Harvard study that showed that less than one percent of totally. all reports get reported. Yep. That was for all of the other mm -hmm. vaccine injuries. So okay. you could say that for this one, you can't say that that one percent gotcha. Okay. But we can still say definitively that underreporting exists greatly mm. because there is a whole slew of reasons why things are getting underreported. Number one, the misinformation that went out from the CDC and most state health departments saying that if you feel a fever, mm -hmm. if you feel lightheaded, it's just a sign that the biologic is working, right? Yes. So now the patient doesn't report to the doctor. Mm -hmm. Right. The next level you get to is the patient reports an injury to the doctor and the doctor doesn't report it to Varus. We've heard, had, I can't tell you how many reports of that. The next level we get to is the doctor actually reports it to Varus and Varus scrubs it, which mm -hmm. we have proof of Varus scrubbing data. The next thing you get to, and then we can talk about Tom Renz's new thing that came out uh, yesterday or two days ago about the 40. Tom Renz just filed an injunctive lawsuit um, uh, saying that he has a whistleblower from the CDC, specifically with Varus data that uh, can prove that over uh, there's over 45,000 deaths. Okay. Uh, okay. Right now, yeah. right. That just came out two days ago, and I, I, it's it's all public domain. Okay. Then you have the last um, the last piece of 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 how you keep the reporting down, um, and that is um, that that is it, it's really one of the most unconscionable things you can have. You can be a doctor trying to report something and the system will reset itself mm -hmm. before you submit the record. We have on we have a couple of doctors who tried to submit some records and it took them over three hours before they finally got frustrated and then had to had to sit send in a mail in a copy because the system kept failing them. It was like it was like it was it, it was glitching, mm -hmm. but it was like it was forced glitching. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? When they yes. as they got to the end of the record, it would clear everything out and they'd yeah. have to start everything over again. So there's all these ways to keep these records down. And the public needs to be aware of this because this is what we're facing on the medical side of things every day. So let me read this various this this various data is damning in and of itself. If we didn't get one more record in, it's damning. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Before you get there, I just want to make one point too. Just wait, yeah. you're saying that, and I would challenge any listener to, to the same thing. Is I can, off the top of my head, think of a handful of people who were injured by this vaccine in a way, and this didn't get reported. Yep. And I, yeah. I know that everybody oh, yeah. knows that. Oh, Every, yeah. Everybody listening to this has has that in their head right now too. Yep. So, mm -hmm. so that's and that's with even the people that tried to report it had all these other issues. So we know like maybe it's not one percent, but it's it's probably no more than ten. Yeah. Right. Right, and we we just got word from um, Dr. Malone, the the um, who's credited with the invention yep. of the mRNA yep. technology, yep. who's Robert since Malone. come out saying shut it all down. Right. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, he uh, apparently shared something. I haven't vetted this yet, so just take this with a grain of salt. I haven't vetted this piece of information yet, but I trust him. You know, yeah. why he has no reason to not to come out and say what he's saying at this point. Um, under EUA, um, every injury and death is required to be counted as an adverse event included in the clinical trial until proven otherwise. And what they're doing right now is saying there is no fatalities from the um, from the inoculations, right? And in actuality, the burden of proof is on them to prove that those cases weren't caused by the inoculation. So let me read some data and you tell Perfect. me whether this sounds like causation or not to you. And this comes straight from, remember, medical professionals providing surveillance data on products that are still in ongoing clinical trials until 2022 and 2023. That's right, folks. The clinical trials are ongoing. So anybody saying that they're done get out of here. The NIH is very clear that these are ongoing clinical trials. Here's the data. Total deaths reported as of July 9th, 10,991. That's an increase of 1,943 from the previous week. Okay. What I would like the audience to know is that at five deaths, most medical products get a black box warning. At 50, they get removed from the market. Okay. So this is a failed experiment. This program needs to be shut down immediately. We need to get our people fasting to engage autophagy at the cell level and heal them up. Okay. I just want to point out real one thing real quick too. It's just, it's just so everybody knows this is just us data. Cause I know like this is just us. The the Europe data is, is just as bad. Maybe it's worse. worse. It's worse. It's worse. It's even, but here's why it's worse because you have countries um, that are doing a great job of tracking what's going on. Like the Dutch system is fantastic. It's probably the most accurate system in the first world right now in terms of surveillance, right? So you wanna find out what's really going on, go over to the Dutch system and see what's happening, okay? Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous what's going on. It's completely unacceptable. Uh, Now here's one that gets me every week, guys and lady. Death within two, within 48 hours of the um, inoculation, 4,062. Oh my God. Give me a break, right? So these are people that died within 48 hours of getting this. So some people say, well, that still doesn't prove causation. Mm -hmm. All right, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Guess what it at least proves then? Medical malpractice, because those people should have never gotten it. Okay, they should have never had access to anything like this because that means their body, their health wasn't in a state to be able to withstand the go. potential adverse events from this. Yeah. So get out of my. It's it, you don't get to dance on both. It's either one or the other. Yeah. Right. It's either causation or malpractice, but you don't get to play around with that. Right. Now, um, let's see a couple other. I won't. I got a lot of data here. Let me just give this you a, a couple. This is awesome. We love uh, deaths from heart attacks, deaths from heart attacks, 1,380, um, strokes, transient ischemic attacks, 10,027. That's up 4,532 from the previous week. Now, did that mean that 4,532 of those happened in a week? No. What it means is that they've purposely been withholding the processing of data because they wanted to get to July when most people are out at the beach, not paying attention to stuff like this so that nobody gets to know. 
You see, this is what's coming out with that Tom Wren's injunctive lawsuit, right? That they've been withholding data that's all backlogged. There's hundreds of thousands of records backlogged. We are only seeing the tip of the iceberg here. A couple more in here. Permanent disability, 9,274. That's up 1,800 from the previous week. Life-threatening um, events post-inoculation, 8,831. That's up 1,009. Spontaneous miscarriages, mm -hmm. 1,073. Pregnant moms should have never, never had access to this. And you know what's really disgusting about this? Tom Shimabukuru, one of the other talking heads at the CDC, published a paper in April based upon VAERS data showing that the most dangerous trimester to administer the inoculation is in the first trimester. And no warnings were issued, no pauses, no exclusions were issued for pregnant and expecting moms. Wasn't it an 82% um, miscarriage rate, if I remember correctly? It, it was, you are correct. You read that, that is exactly right. It was an 82% miscarriage rate in the first trimester, right? <laughs> now, that, that's unconscionable, right? And this is published in the New England Journal of Medicine. It's not like this was in some obscure journal. This mm -hmm. is published by one of the heads of the CDC. Interestingly enough, the same Tom Shimabukuru, that was a subject matter expert for the Council for State and Territorial Epidemiologists rules that came out April 14th, that the CDC adopted in violation of federal laws. This is so we're seeing the same players show up all over the place. Oh yeah, they're out there, right? And I'm not, I don't care. I'm I'm going to start saying their names, right? Yes. All right. I try. Now here's why I want I want the audience to know this because I'm not just somebody with an axe to grind. I got an axe to grind. All right. <laughs> but I'm not just somebody with an axe to grind. In on uh, from April to June 30th of last year. I worked my butt off to try and collaborate with these people to get them to issue guidance on vitamin D, vitamin C, zinc, and vitamin A to the American people. I pestered them. I got into conversation with heads of, of state health departments, and they blew me off. I carried that fight forward with all the publishing of the papers and participated in expert forums in uh, the state of Oregon in February where I took on those same people again. And they, at the end of those forums, those people promised that they would meet with me so that we could discuss objectively the scientific literature so we could talk about crafting a strategy to getting guidance issued on nutrition for um, Oregonians that the American people could hopefully adopt, right? This is how big it was. They ghosted me after that. Mm -hmm. After that, I sent email after email trying to get on schedule so we could carry this forward and they completely ghosted me. So I tried anybody listen to this as I tried I did my duty as an American trying to collaborate with these people to educate them on what was going on in the scientific literature and they refused to talk to me now about this so you know what let's start naming some names so you want to know why your mom died you want to know why your little girl committed suicide you want to know why these things happen let's start talking about the people who did this because we've had safe and effective treatments virtually from the outset of this, we've known about them and they've been suppressed. And, and just like has happened during the Tuskegee experiment, mm -hmm. where 399 black men and their families were uh, had the, a proven evidence-based treatment withheld from them for 29 years, we determined as Americans that that was evidence of willful misconduct. Yeah. And if that's willful misconduct, and it certainly is, 
for those American men and their families, then what's going on right now is willful misconduct too. And I'm not going to shut up about it because I'm making somebody uncomfortable or they don't agree with me. I don't care about what's going on is bigger than your comfort right now. Okay. And it requires all of us to have and find our God courage to speak the truth and speak it in a loving way that can be heard, of course, and everything, right? I mean, I'm, I'm all about sure. that, but I'm also about tough love. Mm-hmm. And tough love right now is, I think, what we need a little bit more of mm-hmm. in this country because we're being too nice with people who have acted incredibly criminally, in my opinion, mm-hmm. withholding these kind of treatments. So a couple more things here, and then I'll... I'll, I'll I'll shut up. Um, so <laughs> when we look at this, uh, myocarditis and thrombocytopenia, right? These are two big things, especially in our Kids. teenage population. Mm-hmm. 5,018 uh, reports of that thus far. People hospitalized uh, post-inoculation, 30,781, okay? Does that sound like that's not causation? Um, Let's see here. Uh, let's see. One more I want to get in here. Total injuries reported. Uh, give me. Let's give one for the close here. Here's one for our seniors, right? Because last year we cared about our seniors, right? Remember that? Remember when everything we had to do for, for every senior out there? And I'm all for it. I love our seniors, okay? Totally. I love our seniors so much. I've been fighting to get nutrition into our senior-assisted living centers, and nobody wants to listen to me. Insure wow. is not nutrition, okay? Yeah, um, of course not. 5,857 fatalities in our 60 and up population post inoculation. Mm-hmm. Okay? 5,857. And the scary part is so many people are saying, well, that's normal, that's expected. Stop. What's normal and expected in the practice of medicine is to first do no harm yep that's what's normal and expected when you practice medicine when you're talking about war there's a such thing as acceptable casualties what they are doing right now these public health officials and these elected officials when they talk about this oh we have to expect that a certain number of people are going to die no first of all we don't have to expect that and let's say that we did the number is five yeah the number is five not fifty thousand it's five once you get to five, the product is deemed unsafe and needs a black box warning. Once you get to 50, it gets pulled. So what you're telling me is you're trying to bring the mentality of war into the practice of medicine. And I absolutely, on its face, reject that 100 billion percent because medicine, the ethos of medicine is to do no harm. And when you get away from that, we lose our humanity. And I will not surrender that to somebody as soulless as uh, a Tony Fauci. Man, I'm just like tingling right now. Me too. (laughs) I'm just like goosebumps. Seriously, that's that's so powerful, man. Uh, Doctor Ely, you know we could we barely scratch the surface here. I have so much more written down on my notes, and I hope that you can come back again and talk about. I have a couple of them. Okay, okay, a couple of them real quick. I've heard you talk about, you know, this is another big uh, red pill for me was, uh, you know, one of the things we've talked about ad nauseum here on the show, 1986, um, Act 1986, um, giving, yeah, Childhood Vaccine Act, uh, giving immunity protection to uh, these pharmaceutical companies, right? You know, that's something that is a huge red pill for anybody, but I've heard you speak on how the PrEP Act has given them an even further protection. Can you kind of illuminate that a little bit? 
Right. Well, we look at the 1986 National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act. It's uh, uh, for folks that want to look it up. It's 42 USC 300AA is the is the code. The specific section that you're referring to are sections uh, 42 USC 300AA-11 and dash 22. Mm -hmm. These are the ones. These are the sections that were put in that the pharmaceutical companies begged for because they said, if we don't get these, we'll get sued. And then we, this whole program won't get off the ground. We need this because we're so poor and we're so broke. <laughs> now, fast forward to today and you look at Moderna, Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson, you look at their profit margins, it's unprecedented what's happened this year. Why do they need these protections? Why should, and this is the only product in the entire world that is exempt from civil litigation. Now, if somebody's, if somebody's baby gets hurt in a car seat, can mom or dad sue the car seat manufacturer? Yes. 100%. And why is that important? Because then it forces the car seat manufacturer to make a better product. Yes. Okay? There's no incentive for these vaccine manufacturers to make a better product right now because of these protections. Now you add on the PREP Act, okay? The PREP Act is specific for EUA designations, all right? What it says explicitly is that you additionally cannot sue a vaccine manufacturer. You can't sue Pfizer. You can't sue um, uh, uh, Johnson & Johnson. You can't sue Moderna or the NIH, mm. right? You can't sue these entities for this product because this was the only solution we had. This was it. Right. We didn't know of anything else. Lie, lie, lie. I feel like Charlie Murphy right there from the Chappelle show. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. So so now what you got are this this double protection. But here's the little here's the rub. You ready for this? Guess mm -hmm. what breaches what pierces those protections? The specific legal concept. Willful misconduct. OK. The only thing that breaches that and leaves them now open for civil litigation, wrongful mm. death, wrongful injury, mm -hmm. okay, private right of action, in my opinion, and I'm not an attorney, let me just be very clear sure. with that with your audience, in my opinion, is the ability to prove willful misconduct. Well, how do you prove willful misconduct? You have to look at precedent. That's where the Tuskegee experiment comes mm. into play. Because the Tuskegee experiment was explicit that withholding evidence-based treatments from people in need is an example of willful misconduct. Well, what do we know about ivermectin? What do we know about hydroxychloroquine? What do we know about budesonide? What do we know about vitamin D? What do we know about vitamin C? What do we know about now glutathione? What do we know now about L-arginine? What do we know about all of these things that there have been treatments all along and these treatments have been maligned yeah. vilified politicized censored outright outright censored yeah. we we get threatened by the fda if we say that hey we got something that we think can treat this well wait a minute i thought it was all hands on deck mm -hmm. which means that if i got a treatment i should be sharing that all over the world like dr chang tried to at the outset so that doctors can try to reproduce the results and we can we should have had imagine this imagine this this drives me crazy okay imagine this it's april 2020 right everybody's freaking out right imagine if we had set up a one hospital one floor of one hospital in every state and said 
I want you to try this treatment. Okay, now I want you guys to try this treatment. Okay, I want you guys to try this treatment. And then four weeks later, we have data on all of those treatments and we can say, here are the top 10. So now in May, we're gonna roll with these top 10 and see how they work. Great, okay. We're giving some of those hospital of workers May. something to do as well. Some of the exactly. nurses, right? <laughs> exactly, right? And now by the end of May, what you have is a detailed, a safe and effective treatment process that can now be reproduced around. See, if this is about public health safety, that's the approach you take. If this is about narrative generation so that you can string this out as long as you want to buy time so it doesn't look like a vaccine that was already made was ready to go too soon. Mm, yep. Then you string this out and it looks like, oh my God, in rapid time, this is the first time we've gone from <laughs> April to December, BS. Mm -hmm. It's impossible to bring a new technology of this magnitude from conception to marketplace in seven months. That is impossible to do. Well, okay, to be that's fair, they not had, how this uh, works. We know they had 17 years of uh, trying to make a SARS SARS one. True, true, it's true, fun. true. And the other the other argument being that they know exactly what's going on with this mRNA. We don't, but they know exactly. Like they wouldn't. I don't. I, I'm going to debate you on that one. Yeah, okay. I don't think they know exactly. Okay. What's going on. Okay. I think they know. I think they know the potential yeah. of it. But I think this is their this is their large experiment to see yeah. how it works and and how it doesn't. Sure. But I also one of the things that's the big concern for me is that when you talk to a uh, Pfizer and I've written Pfizer trying to get mm -hmm. the. <laughs> the information i don't give a damn you know what do you yeah i mean honestly if we Love can't it. ask questions right yeah. what are we what are we doing right totally. i have a right to ask this question what's in it what's the mrna sequence right mm -hmm. i have a right to know you're talking about yeah. something going into my body i i want to know to know if it's something i want to do or not so let me know here's here's we didn't get any response from the companies of, of course, course they're whatever right but what we find out is that it's a proprietary sequence. Mm. Well, wait a minute. If it's a proprietary sequence, then that means we don't know what is really going into people when, it's, when they're inoculated. That's a big concern. Mm -hmm. And if it's a proprietary sequence, that means that you can modify that sequence whenever you want. And under the tenets of clinical trials, if you modify your product even that much you have to re go back to the starting mm. point reinitiate your full trial wow so what they're trying to propose doing is the ability to modify their sequences on a proprietary private level so that they don't have to go through clinical trial for every single booster that they want to put out do you yeah. understand yeah 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 the plug and play Whoa. type of deal right sort they, of thing. they yeah. think you are a computer yeah and here's the funny part that cracks me up Computers were fine, right, until the introduction of viruses, mm. right? Yeah. Who created the viruses so that they could profit off the antivirus software? Uh, Bill Gates, maybe? Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. That's familiar. Hilarious. <laughs> you are a commodity. Yes. To them and your yeah. children are our children are commodities to them yeah. in terms of their warped thinking yes and it's up to us right now in my personal opinion i have to I'll constantly make sure i say that right in my opinion to hold the line right now 
This yeah. is my my line in the sand is established. Yep. Okay. Hundred percent. This is who I am. This is what I'm about. I'm about protecting as many people as I can. Now, the folks that elected to go through this because they were scared, I still love them. Yeah. yeah. And I'm still going to fight for you too. Yes. And I'm still going to do everything I can to make sure if you're hurt, I can help in some way. I can figure out how to help you in some way because I don't accept this nonsense philosophy that once you're injected, there's nothing you'll ever be able to do. That is not the human body. The human body is this beautiful design of self-healing when you just put it in the right situation. The human body knows what's supposed to be in each cell and what's not supposed to be there. Mm. It's a part of the divine design. We were already pre-programmed with the ability to heal anything, especially something as dark and sinister as this. Yes. It is a sign of brilliance. It is a pleasure and joy to be alive in this time because we have the ability to shape the future and build the world that we want to live in rather than be put under the tyranny and the oppression and the digital slavery that these bastards are proposing. Right. right? Yes. And this is what we have to get into people, the God courage to ask questions, the God courage to say, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to go along. Well, you can't go here. Fine. I didn't want to go to your stupid baseball game anyway. Mm -hmm. Peace out. Yeah. Fine. I don't want to go to a movie theater. I'm going to go hang out with some friends and actually have a human moment. You know, those things we used to do before mm -hmm. the phones took over our faces, yes. you know, we, we, we have such an opportunity here to do great things for centuries to come. Yes. And I want to make sure that all of us working together are taking advantage of this opportunity because opportunities like this don't come along very often in, in human history. And what's so special right now, what's so, so special about all this is that we are going to win. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the thing we have to keep reminding ourselves, the truth always comes out. Yeah. And people usually get pretty pissed when they figure <laughs> out they've been lied to. So we figured out we were being lied to very early, right? Mm -hmm. We were looking for it. Yeah. Look at how many people have been woken up yes. in the last year, right? What a gift this is. Absolutely. So our job, as I see it, is to grab these people and get them educated and supported and brought in and know, hey, there is love, there are networks, there's support, there's real human cool, cool, cool stuff going on. Yeah. And show the people who would hate on us just how much fun we're having yes. living a human life, yes. right? Yeah. I don't wanna fight against them. No. I don't, don't wanna fight you. No. I wanna help you. Yeah. Now, if you're gonna hate on me for wanting to help you, then I'm gonna take a step Take a step back. All right. Well, I won't help you now, but I'll be here mm -hmm. when you need me. Because, yes. Why? Because it's the right thing to do. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. wow. Okay. Again, <laughs> chills, man. Uh, uh, wow. So as we wind down here, I think I've, you you are such an, you, in a unique position because I know you have so many irons and so many different fires in terms of the solution. You are so solution focused and you're driving hard and all of that. But I want to definitely make sure that we touch on anywhere that you want to steer the listeners to, um, you know, stand for health freedom, uh, energetic health Institute, you know, these are all solutions and things that we can literally take action on today to help 
you know, wake people up or, 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 or however. Uh, so Dr. Ailey, please let us know how the listeners can find more of you. Cause you have so much valuable information and, and how they can support and these I want to enroll in, in yeah, heck yeah. Health <laughs> Institute. Like, yeah. Big time. Yeah. Is that, is that online? Can we do online? It, it, it's all right. So energetic health Institute is 100% online, but you'll never feel alone. It's an amazing school for amazing people just like you. What we do is we teach people how to heal what hurts, how to truly learn how to love themselves, and how to share that gift that we really are with the world. We just happen to use holistic nutrition to do it. We just happen to use cannabis to do it. We just happen to use vaccine education to do it. We just happen to use detoxification and cleansing and fasting right now to do it. But one of the things that I really love about our community is that we are a collection of what is made up in the world. If you can think of somebody that has a specific faith, we have a student like that in our school. If, we, if you think of someone of a particular race, we have a student like that in our school. If you can think of someone of a specific sexual orientation, we have someone like that in our school. And what we're proving every day is you don't have to embrace a cancel culture. You don't have to allow people to divide you. You can be yourself, your beautiful, individual, special self, learn how to make tomorrow amazing, and learn how to make tomorrow amazing by focusing at the start on the person that you get to see in the mirror every day. So you can watch yourself get healthier every single day that you are in school because that's what education is supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about function. Did it make your life better or not? We make our students' lives better and we do everything we can to support them going out in the world and sharing that love energy with everybody they get to meet. So I would encourage people to check out the energetichealthinstitute.org and uh, see what see what we're all about. And if it, if it seems like something that resonates with you, come and check us out. Uh, I'm going to have a new radio show um, starting on uh, the America Out Loud Network um, in, uh, I want to say, within the next week, one to awesome. two weeks. Awesome. And that'll be a weekly show. And then, of course, we do have wonderful partners that have been so incredible in building these great networks. Um, people like uh, Leah Wilson and Sayer G at Stand for Health Freedom. And we have two running campaigns right there. So if, I know everybody wants to do something, right? We mm -hmm. want to do something. Yep. Well, I can tell you this. If you take care of yourself, you are doing something. If you take care of your family, you are doing something. If you can spend 15 seconds to fill out uh, one of the, the petitions, uh, one of the campaign petitions on Stand for Health Freedom, you're doing something. And then we got something special brewing too. We got something special coming in October for everybody. And we're going to have a whole bunch of events to build up to it because we are going to give you an opportunity to put your money where your heart is. We're going to give you an opportunity to, for a small little amount of money, go in and say, yes, I want to support real science. Yes, I want to support legal actions that protect us. And yes, I want to donate to the Simone Scott Fund yep. so that yep. anyone who has been injured by this can get some help, help that our government right now isn't giving to them, even though they've taken over $33 billion from the American taxpayers. Yeah, Folks, if you're interested in doing the right thing, connect with us, get plugged into our community because that's what we're doing. We're going to build a better world. 
Yeah, and Simone Scott, for our listeners that may not know, you know, young gal who was uh, unfortunately a victim of this, right? Mm -hmm. Simone yeah. Scott, Northwest, 19-year-old Northwestern yep. student, should have never had access to these biologics, was brainwashed into thinking that she was doing her part, got inoculated, um, started crashing uh, almost instantly, uh, and it ended up going into full heart failure. Um, her parents were forced to go, uh, put up a GoFundMe page so that uh, she could get a heart transplant. She got a heart transplant, and I think it was two or three days later, uh, she died. Uh -huh. um, and uh, I am not going to let that one go. Yeah. I haven't met the Simone Scott's parents yet. I, I'm trying to meet them. So if you could get me connected, I would love to. Okay. Um, I'm going to fight for Simone Scott. She's going to be at the forefront of everything I do um, and, because uh, that could have been my daughter, and I'm getting Absolutely. choked up again right now just talking about her. So yeah. um, we, we, we got to take care of each other. That's, yeah. I mean, look. That's that's all there is to it. And so I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that we're taking care of each other and these petty differences that they've taught us to accept, which really are lies. Um, we got to let those go. It's not about race. It's not about who you sleep with. In fact, I don't want to know. Just keep your bedroom stuff and your bedroom stuff as far as I'm concerned. Right. Um, it's not about um, what you believe in in terms of faith. It's about us seeing what us seeing what connects us all. And I think what connects us all is we are all good hearted people that love each other and especially want to make sure our children have the opportunity to experience love as they grow into their adulthood. You know, and that's what I'm fighting for is to make sure our children have the right to experience love and pursue their dreams as they move forward into their um, into their lives. Wow. Absolutely. All right, Dr. Ely. Well, thank you so very much. I mean, this so has just much. been such an honor yeah, and a pleasure. Definitely. Um, I hope, can, I'm going to stop the recording, but can you stick around for just a minute? I just had something for you. Yeah, real for quick. sure. Okay, awesome. But you guys, you know, thank you so much. Thank, thank you, you, Dr. Ely. Wow. wow. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. Amen. Whoa. <laughs> Damn, oh, dude. Shit, dude. Oh. <laughs> I damn near cried twice. I'm, I'm, I'm crying right now. I'm crying right now. That shit. Fighting the tears wow. the whole time. Like, dude, he is. Holy shit. That's next level, dude. Wow. And I don't and, even know. And Dr. Paul at the beginning of the week, too. I've just yeah. talked about that interview just, over and over and yeah. over. Yeah. I feel like. Um, like this week's been in, yeah. intense with yeah. information yeah. and yeah. just the energy yeah. of the people that we've been talking yeah. to is yeah. yeah we've already won love this thing coming out of them yeah. that's the whole thing we keep yeah. going back to that and yeah. it just keeps being this prevalent thing and i i love that everyone's on board with that and everyone feels yeah. that vibe you yep. know that's so yep. empowering and so encouraging yeah we already won this thing folks you heard it right here first Let's wow. do this. Yeah. All right. Well, before we all start sobbing and crying Ooh. through all of our prickly emotions. <laughs> um, wow. Well, please go and find uh, Dr. Ely. Uh, we'll yeah. put all of the links where they yep. need to be. Uh, EnergeticHealthInstitute.org. Uh, and yeah, well, there's, he's got, he sent us so we'll, many we'll links. Link paper. We'll, we'll put, link we'll all the things. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, this, he's, yeah. Um, <laughs> sniffling okay yeah but for real though did you like i had goosebumps like so many yeah. goosebumps i was like okay like if i blink yeah. tears are gonna start falling totally, like twice totally, i was yeah. just like just you know yeah. you start to get tight in the jaw yes. Yes. so wow really Wait, i want to go i should have been wearing the glasses i want to go bull, i want to go bullhorn something right now <laughs> well, give me something to bullhorn damn it yeah. <laughs> Everybody, uh, I'm Megan, sitting here with my good friends, Scott and Ed. We wish all of you intellectual prosperity. Good night. Pew. Pew.